Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. What's your dad a plumber? Uh, yeah, central heating engineer, but as he says. But, <laughs> Does he say that? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a plumber, I was a central heating engineer. All right. Fair enough. There is that's just like in all work, you just get ridiculous names. I, what? I was mates with a guy, well, I, tell you, I was mates with a lad and he's yeah. like vice president. Is he? And he's like, yeah, and so if I can get if I can get another promotion this year and then a promotion after that. And I'm like, oh, well, hang on, I thought you were second in command here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you can't get any higher than president. Yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, then you're a director which by, feels not as good or something no yeah. by definition president is the top of the tree isn't it like the president of America it should be yeah um, like did you see that he sacked, sacked the FBI guy he did for investigating him I think I don't know Trump yeah Yeah. just for you know what I don't like the cut of your jib I was reading this you're article gone. Chris Pajak sent me this article yeah about how uh, we're being manipulated. What is, is that? What you, Guardian article. Is that what you and Pajak do? You just sort of send each other conspiracy theories via email. Do you know what? I have no idea where. <laughs> I think we were just chatting yeah. on Monday up at the social club. And I've got I, something that will blow your mind. He was saying something. Yeah, he was like, yeah, it will, it will, will blow your mind. And he sent it to me, and I was, yeah, I was reading it. It was essentially saying, I may, I probably shouldn't. Are we recording? Anyway. Yeah, I probably shouldn't say this, but. Well, don't say it if we've got to edit it out. People are... Controlling our minds. Controlling our minds? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. And it's a long story. I, I mean, there, there's, some things, there's some things you don't want to know, isn't there? There's something you're better off knowing. Ignorance is bliss and all that. And I don't want to know what's going on inside my football club. I don't, right. I don't want to know... Bringing it to football. No, yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to know what's going on. I don't want to know the inner workings of... Of our of, of, of football because it's depressing and you know obviously got the Footy Leaks website which exposes seems that all that it seems to do actually is expose how much players are earning in yeah. terms of contracts which I guess is the most interesting part of I don't know if it's I don't know if my uh, interest is, is because I'm getting a bit older or House of Cards was that good that I, I started to like look into it properly yeah and the whole Trump thing and the Brexit thing but it does all feel a bit like manipulated life yeah. and football as well which we're going to talk about actually should we, get, should we start family okay. podcast family podcast Sorry. one for the weekend one for the weekend brought to you by fan league yeah which is which is brought to you which is sorry an app which is an app yeah which is a, right good you're being really professional this time I'm which is now in beta in beta beta version get on with it James beta version of the fan league app is available now the link is in the description we've been playing for the last few weeks that's yep. me James Alcott Flav yep. and Ian McIntosh who 
isn't here this week. Notable by his absence. Yeah, and he was wicked last week. And yeah, if, if you just generally like a good podcast, I know we're talking about the weekend's action, but we try and talk about other bits as well. And we I feel like we bring it. more than that. I think, I like, you know, we allow people into our lives, and why wouldn't anyone want to be part of our lives? Yeah. yeah. Um, but Ian McIntosh last week was, was class. I mean, he is a class act. When yeah. it comes to talking football, there are a few better. True. Um, so yeah, if you want to go and check out that, then you can. But yeah, this uh, this podcast, if you're new, welcome to the Long Bull Street and one for the weekend. This is a podcast uh, brought to you by Fan League, which is a new app that's launching properly in August. But there's a beta version that you can try out now and play uh, it's against pretty, us. Pretty sweet, actually. It's pretty, very. I mean, cool. we're not going to say anything else, obviously, because this is a podcast. Yeah, there's banners and stuff. Yeah, which would be a bit awkward. It? It's yeah. a terrible. Yeah. Pop, it's really terrible. Terrible. terrible app. But, but yeah. no, it's really good. It, it's, it's, cool. it's good fun. And so the aim of all of that is to predict the the weekend's actions and sort of test yourself out against your mates. Yeah. And a bit like the pools back in the day, uh, it's a bit like that. And we've been doing it the last few weeks. Let's look at last week's results. So I don't. Do we have to? We do, Flab, because I, after getting some criticism, mm. I've done a lot better. I had a good weekend. And uh, do you know what? I I really am looking out for it now. I was like, yeah, yeah. got that right, got that right, wicked. I got eight out of thirteen this week. Right. And uh, notable ones I'm quite proud of. Swansea being Everton, which we're going to be talking about an Everton player who needs to make up his mind in this podcast. Ross Barkley. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. West Brom, the bore off game of the week. Uh, getting that right I thought I was, I was pretty pleased with that mm. and Aston Villa Brighton them, although I did hedge that one so hedging is when you put two bets on a game um, in fan league and yeah I was quite proud of that one as well I, 5 out of 13 Flav explain yourself I, I can't other than that I, I, I clearly don't know anything about football I, I've, I, I'm consistently bad at competition I've found throughout my life <laughs> that if, any, if ever there's a comp, I've, not, I've got zero competitive edge I'd rather allow someone just if you want this you take it you gotta be a, I'm a terrible like, bit like that actually, I am yeah, yeah I, I've got no time for well, that's a nice trait it is but you don't you achieve less in your life ultimately I mean yeah. I'm but more people probably like you um, and that can get you further have you seen the YouTube comments <laughs> not sure that's 100% yeah. true I, just, I don't I care I don't like care about winning stuff and I don't care whether or not whether people like me or not and that's that's where I'm at so I'm, I'm, I'm in quite a good job for that yeah I'm, I have the difficulty of being very competitive but trying to are you? trying to behave whilst being competitive you do that because I didn't know good yeah um, so you must be quite happy eight, eight, your Macintosh got eight I'm uh, more delighted than you will ever know <laughs> I'm so happy with that how did Garrett get on? Uh, Garrett who is so if, if this is the first time you listen to one for the weekend in our predictions Garrett Six out of thirteen, not good enough, mate. Not good enough. Better nice than try, me. better than Flav. Not good enough. So, people in the comments, it's on you as well because you—he's your fan representative. You need to get involved, and give him some some words of wisdom yeah. and inside knowledge because we've done our bits now. So, you know, help him out is what I'm saying. Hmm. Uh, one thing that we're going to be talking about on the podcast today is momentum, and here's a stat from our results from last week. My banker accuracy. So that's that's so bankers are. Um, Results that you're certain are going to work out. Mm. My banker accuracy out of 100% is 11%. Yeah. <coughs> is so, so bad. And so I wanted it is to. It's terrible, yeah. yeah. Because I was going, oh, well, they won last week, so it's got to be them. Or they're the favourites, so it's got to be them. They've, they're in great form, so it's got to be them. Yeah. Which got me into thinking about momentum. So we're going to be talking about momentum and if it is a thing, if it's just a myth, um, and also the other bits and pieces, because at this time of the season, Predicting stuff mm. is difficult because there's 
I mean, there's, a, there's so many variables in football regardless, but yeah. when you add into the, the situation and the desperation of teams in terms yeah. of winning or losing, or the lack of desperation, mm. that affects a lot of things. And I think, yeah, I'm quite so excited to talk about this. Well, are we doing that now? No, we'll talk about that in a little bit. All right. But yeah, so that was last week. Flav, you need to sort of up your game. Yeah, uh, massively. I mean, I, I am trying. I am. It's not like I'm just going and flicking, touching any... any flicking. Flicking and touching any of the, uh, the, the predictions. <laughs> it's not like I'm doing that. I'm actually trying. I'm sitting down and thinking and... Um, Frankly, my performance has been horrendous, and uh, I apologise to my mum and dad. Good thing is, there's, there's always another week this weekend. It hopefully, do a little bit better. So, we're going to be talking about uh, a lot of the games: um, Tottenham versus Man United. We're going to chat about um, the playoffs, yep. and again, we're going to we can sort of talk about momentum with that as well. But we're also going to talk about other things as well. As I said, uh, Everton. Sounds like quite a lot. How long is this pod? It's going to be about an hour. All right, fine, so fine with that. You can dip into it an hour whenever you want to. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Ronald Koeman and, and the sort of ultimatum that he's uh, given Ross Barkley, which you said I, I'd said this to you before we did this. And it's so I'm, funny. I'm, I'm intrigued to see your your thoughts on this because you're, yeah. you're a bit surprised by it. Uh, we've got three for the weekend, not two for the weekend, in terms of questions at the end of the show, and we're going to talk about agents as well because that's a, a big talking point uh, that's kind of dropped over the last few days. Yeah. Uh, Mini Rayola and the money that he's making and agents in general and what that means for the game of football. Yeah. So if you want a preview to the weekend, we're here for you. If you want general chat we're here for you as well yeah and soldiers lost in battle we've got that as well oh yeah everyone's favourite yeah, I mean absolutely. I presume has anyone said anything nice about that people generally like it yeah yeah. people do generally so soldiers in battle That's these are stories from people who uh, have had a difficult time and have had to miss the football for, for some reason yeah. or people who know people who do that okay. so right let's crack on uh, we've done last week's results let's talk about this yeah let's go Everton midfielder Ross Barkley apparently has until the end of the season so that's 10 days yeah to sign a new contract or he will be sold says uh, Ronald Koeman right so there's, there's there's two things one saying ultimatums are risky especially when teams above you want to buy your players so there's rumours that Arsenal are interested Spurs have been linked for ages if you're Ross Barkley specifically at Tottenham you're looking at essentially a playing well and guaranteed England place it, what? You, sorry, yeah, go but, but the other thing, the bizarre, is why Koeman's gone to him, look, here's your ultimatum, sign or get off, you know, shit off, get off the pot kind of thing. And it's like, it's bizarre. It's like saying... It's a tough love, isn't it? That's what he's going for. Yeah, but... That's the, that's the tactic he's using. And if he's... Because he's played for Barcelona, he's won the European Cup, he's managed Ajax, he's, he's a big deal manager, I think. He's got the... And he's been linked with Barcelona. He's he's got the the qualities and the CV to be sorry to quote Harry Redknapp a top top manager, right? Yeah. So and Everton are getting a new stadium. They've supposedly got a lot of money, the new owner, all that stuff. Exciting times for Everton, but they are still the best of the rest. Yeah, they're not that top six team yet. Yeah, they've got a lot of potential to do that. So is this not the right tactic for Ronald Koeman to go? Well, look, if you, don't, if you don't want to be here, if you yeah. don't get how big a deal this is, then you can go because I'll get someone else. I mean, it might be a slight bluff, but do you not think that kind of tough love is a, a smart call to make? No, yeah, it is. It is, it is ultimately because it leaves Everton in the position of... They look like they're in control and they're... Akuman is putting the badge in front of the will and, and demands and deaverish natures of modern footballers as you'd, you'd imagine so in that respect he's doing the right thing 
But in respect of trying your best to keep the player, I wouldn't for a public flogging, which is essentially what it is. It's like saying Barkley. Yeah, because he's saying Barkley, you haven't signed. This isn't the club doing this. Everton want to keep you as a contract offer. Barkley's probably saying, I want more money. This is me probably. This is all of my presumptions. I want more money. And Everton are saying, this is how much. He wants Champions League football. He's a 23 year old who. Everyone uh, understands that he has great potential. I think that's another question: is how good is he? I'd love to know from Everton fans what they think of him when they when they watch him week in week, week out. Yeah. Obviously, we don't get to do that. We just hope that he's going to be great, and then you see him. Well, actually, you don't see him that often for England because he's been. In the I think he's a good. I think he's a very good player. I, I think in terms of you know he's improved massively this season under Koeman. He went for a bit of a lull last year, but that kind of whole club was in a lull under Martinez. Um, but. If he wanted to sign, he probably would have done. Um, Like you say, he probably wants either lots more money or he wants Champions League football. Um, Either way, neither of those. The the fact that he hasn't signed doesn't scream that he's loyal. Because he has been linked with Spurs, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been linked with Tottenham. Um, It's a weird one because I don't know if he. Would he get in the Spurs team? Not not as it stands, no, he wouldn't. But I'm not saying that he isn't on his day better than the players we have there. It's just that Ericsson has been on absolute fire. It'd be Ericsson yeah. and Ali, and does he get in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in in front of those two? Probably not. Um, that said, he's perfectly suited to Pochettino's style, and I could see him at Tottenham. Because that's the point as well: is, is what is best for his career? Is it being at a Champions League club but not playing enough or as many games as you want to, or being at Everton where you're going to get? I think they're. I don't know. I, don't, I was get confused with the Europa League stuff, but are they, are they in that? You know, uh, they can. They, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if seventh is good enough, but they probably will end up qualifying because you know, Man United winning. And so, he, but you know, he starts there. He's one of the main men there. I think. Um, I think. He, I mean, and they've got potential as a club. Spurs are not going to spend thirty-five million pounds on him without a view to him getting in the first team. It's not like Sissoko where it, he turned up and immediately realised we, we've done. A, we've, he's a dud. Yeah. Barkley's not Musa Sissoko uh, yeah so you know he, he's going to come into the team he will play we have a lot of football to play next year and we're going to need the bodies in we need quality so I can see Barkley being uh, a good addition to our squad and, and playing his fair share of football it's just mm-hmm. that he may not start ahead of Ali and, and Ericsson uh, but do you think he's done and dusted at Everton though do you? No I think I think I think Cameron's gone I'm going to make this black and white. I'm going to put a bit of pressure on you. You're an Everton lad. They're expecting you to do it. That's going to pull at your heartstrings a little bit. You want to kind of get it done. Um, I, I don't think they want to mess about. Another angle of it might be that if if they want to sell him, they want a bidding war. So they want it to start early because that can allow it to be mm. to let more people get involved and you sell him for a higher price because he's obviously a good is a good asset. Forty games, five goals, five assists. Yeah. Assists. Not. Incredible. Not when you've got the, the most prolific striker in. in uh, and you're supposed in to be working league. in tandem to, to a um, point. Not incredible. Not incredible stats, but um, you know, fine, fair. That kind of player costs you twenty between twenty and thirty million. That's not. That isn't an issue. I just think there's 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 more potential in Park Barkley than, than we've seen. He's he's mostly potential at the moment. You ultimately want him. You want him to be delivering that stats of like plus ten assists a season. You know, getting ten goals. Mm. You know, that's that's kind of where you want him to be. But you know, under another manager, maybe I think actually he's. But if what I would was, you do exactly? If I was Ross Barkley, I would stay at Everton for another year. I would work under Koeman. Koeman's done a fantastic job there. Everton are moving in the right direction now. I would stay there and see how it ha- see how it goes next season. But I guess if, 
he, that's not good enough for Conan. That's what I find interesting. And I like it's, that. I like that strength from Conan. Oh, he's lippy. He's lippy, Conan. He doesn't mess about. But if, if he's saying sign. So if he signs, he needs to sign a four or five year deal because he's a 23-year-old. It's a massive commitment and he has a year left after this one. So they yeah, have and, to sell and, him. And yeah, so he's, he's made it very clear. Yeah. He doesn't sign, he's off. But a contract doesn't mean a player won't go. It just protects a protects the club against having to sell him cheaply so True. I think if he wanted to leave next summer you could promise him another year in the same way De Gea did and, <coughs> De Gea did and, and signed a new contract with, and Modric did with Tottenham before he left to go to uh, Real Madrid you know that is a precedent that's been set previously I just think that um, I think he, he's, Barkley's coming back into where you'd expect him to be I think next season he could properly kick on if Lukaku stays then you know you could understand that'd be a great reason to stay. Uh, for, for and you know, that's why he's being hesitant, isn't it? Because he wants to know that these big guys. Maybe there is around. this kind of standoff. It's like yeah. Lukaku goes and Barkley's going to say, "Well, what's, what, where do we go from here?" Mm. Or he could join Tottenham, and um, there's already a kind of semi-half-finished article there. That's where Everton probably aiming to be in a year or two, and they're kind of in that on that right path, definitely. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think. I can't see how Kuman coming out helps Everton's position. It's almost giving the leverage away. Everyone knows they want to sell, yeah. so clubs are going to go in lowballing. Mm. Yeah, true. I think this is also this. This smells a bit of um, one of those English talents that goes, "I'm brilliant," and I, I understand that you need that kind of confidence to be a great player. Mm. But then goes to those big teams, gets that move. And then he's a, he feels like a, he becomes a failure story. Do you know what I mean? Like a Jack Rodwell or Sean Wright Phillips when he went to Chelsea, when he had something quite good there. If I was Ross Barkley, I would stay there, definitely. Well, I think Jack Rodwell's an unfair comparison because they went to Man City and he was never going to play. I think. But, uh, he, but that's my point. He doesn't know that. If he comes to Tottenham, he plays. If he goes to Man United, he plays. If he goes to Arsenal, he probably plays. <laughs> so I, I don't think he's the same. I'm not sure he does. I, yeah. I, I think he does I, I think he's a, a level above in terms of talent than Jack Rodwell yeah. oh, maybe not when Judd Ro- oh, Rodwell yeah, I think, left, no doubt been but, but you know I, I think he goes to Man United and has a good career he goes to Tottenham and has a good career that's interesting it's but, not like it's not like he's coming and, and he's using Tottenham or United as a stepping stone to Real Madrid it's I think the next move is where he's going to spend a large proportion of his career and he could form a, a, a forge a very a good one out of it, but mm. he's not he's not a top tier European level footballer. Potentially, maybe, but there's, there's there was potential in Cherno Samba. So, so if you are a fan of any of the say top six or big European side as well, and you've seen Ross Barkley, let me know. Do you think he would be good enough to get in your in your first team, Everton fans? Do you think he's good enough for those teams as as well? And how desperately do you want him to stay? Let us know. Everton are in a weird position. Sorry, before we move in, because they're in the same position as Tottenham were when Berbatov when we had to sell Babatov when we lost Modric when we lost Carrick when you're at that position where you're not a top what board, is that position right, that yes. it is, is on the, you're on the brink you're building something good but then all these fucking irritating clubs like Man United and, and Tottenham probably will, will end up being come and poach your players because ultimately you can pay the wages because you're in the Champions League and you know that these you know you're you've got, you, yeah, you've got a good selling point yeah so come over here exactly uh, so we, we had it with Modric Carrick Berbatov um, I mean, and bow, to a point. and bow to a point, yeah. So it's it's really tough, but ultimately it's it's the manager and chairman working together that will get you through all of that. Because I don't care what anyone says, there are a few mercurial players that exist in the world that, who will improve any team, but the vast majority of your players rely on 
a, a good tactical system, a good manager, and, and a club that believes in you and supports you in order to perform. Mm. Okay, right. Let's move forward. Uh, let's let's talk about. Uh, we're, so we're going to be talking about transfers to a point as well in, in a little bit uh, later on. We'll talk about agents and that whole craziness. But I, yeah, I want to let's get on to momentum now. So right. in our in our slip this week, we've got. So if you go to the bottom of your thing there, Flav, you'll see um, our predictions for this week, and we've got the playoffs. Yep. In, in the predictions this week, I love so, the playoffs. You love the playoffs. Well, I love the playoffs as well, mate. Yeah, I actually yeah, look wicked. forward to the playoffs more probably than any other game. Have I, said, I, I don't know if I've said this <coughs> in a podcast. I'm going to share it now. Mm. I've definitely said it to you otherwise. For Champions League, there should be playoffs. That would make the Premier League so much more exciting because you'd have... So for the fourth place of the Champions League, you'd have fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh mm. uh, playing in the, the playoffs at the end of the season. Love it. It would be amazing. And also, yeah. at the moment, there are those seven teams, but those mid-table teams would have a lot more to play for if they could just about get seven oh, I think that's and then a great get idea. in there and still get in the Champions League. It'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, it is a great idea. Um, but there are, there's obviously all these things like coefficients and... and uh, things that would be affected by terrible teams not terrible but teams that have no chance of coping against these other teams with ginormous budgets so um, while it is a good idea and I, I, I'd welcome it and they do something in Belgium it's so complicated I can't even explain to you but in Belgium they do something very similar like for relegation for European places yeah, yeah. for all of it so yeah, pretty much there's only like two or three places that don't have Something that they're playing off for. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's just to keep that's it interesting. Great. It's hard. They break uh, at a certain point in the season. They break it off into two leagues. I think they do in Scotland as well. Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah. I don't think it's. Yeah, it's not as it complicated extreme, it, yeah. in Belgium. But it's the 30th anniversary of the playoffs as well, and they are completely ingrained in the football league now. Mm. Um, and we've got we have a representative in Matt. Uh, the owner and so on the Long Ball Street we have two podcasts so if this is the first ever podcast that you've uh, watched on YouTube or listened to on iTunes there's two podcasts that come out each week uh, and earlier in the week uh, me, you and Matt sat down and had a, had a chat and we started talking about momentum mm. and so going into the playoffs Huddersfield are playing uh, Sheffield Wednesday first legs at home uh, the other one which is in our slip is uh, Fulham versus Reading so Reading finished uh, third in the league Fulham finished sixth mm. um, and so in the form going into these games uh, is quite interesting because Huddersfield won one game in five not doing very well and uh, we'll get into that in, in a second but Fulham in, the, in terms of the last ten, uh, six games Fulham have got the best uh, record in the entire championship yeah they're on fire they're on fire in terms of the last 10 games Reading have got the best form in the entire league mm. um, I've forgotten about Sheffield Wednesday but don't worry sorry Sheffield Wednesday fans uh, but uh, Matt was saying in that podcast about they have no momentum there is no chance yeah. that they can win the playoffs uh, they've lost to Sheffield Wednesday I think twice this season as well it's done it's dusted it's not going to happen uh, what you've put You've hedged a bit. Yeah. You've gone for a draw for Huddersfield or a win for Sheffield Wednesday. Yes. Why do you say that? Is, is moment, does yeah. momentum play a part in that? Of course it does. And Matt's influence over me play, plays, plays a part in it because he's going, got no chance. So I'm like, yeah, maybe they haven't got a chance. But Sheffield Wednesday have beaten Huddersfield, done a double over them this year as well. Um, but yeah, momentum momentum's a weird one because. Do you believe in momentum? Yeah. Generally? I, completely because it gets proven over and over again. But I don't know whether that is a. 
a, a con- it, 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 that that idea has been plant, planted in my head by everybody else because momentum gets mentioned so, so often. Mm. Or I, I, and it's just how bad you feel after a loss, regardless of what's come before it. Because Spurs have just won nine on the bounce and we lost to West Ham, twenty-seven points out of thirty. That's momentum. But it feels like because we lost against West Ham at the moment that you game, don't have the momentum. Yeah, it's gone because so you lost. You've the game. gone Spurs for a win there. I mean, you probably would do that regardless, wouldn't you? I've gone. Yep. I've gone. I've hedged my bet. I've still gone Spurs or or Man United. Well, remember, this is the White Hart Lane. Like this is the last game at White Hart Lane. Yeah. If the Spurs players are not up for this, then I don't know what else they can be. You, you can be. You can be. So learn this in uh, GCSEP yeah. you can be over aroused and that can lead to you not like that you can be over aroused which can lead to your performance being worse which I'll, I'll explain a bit more in a second what? please no no I'm fascinated yeah. it's not, it's not like lads aren't running around with hard-ons they're just like they're too up for it Gaza 991 FA Cup final over aroused he was too up for it I mean I, okay. so when you say like if they can't be up for this one that could actually be detrimental Right, so they, they kind of almost burn too much energy. It's like boxers getting into a ring and they're, they're overly pumped and they can't concentrate and, and they kind of act irrationally. Exactly. And they exert too much energy. Exactly. Right. And so I'll, let's just let's do momentum first and I'll get on to that, that part as well. Because so in terms of optimal performance, yeah. there's four psychological C's of optimal performance. Gotcha. Which I will, yeah, we'll get into in a sec. In terms of momentum... So there is there was an academic paper called The Hot Hand in Basketball uh, on the misperception of random sequences. And essentially, this paper was suggesting that a lot of people mistake uh, a pattern for some kind of meaning or momentum. Yes. Um, and so this hot hand in basketball is if there's a guy, he's, he's got three on the Shoot trot, get the ball to him because he's going to put it in because... He's got a hot hand. He's got momentum. Mm. It's working out for him, right? Yeah. But what what this paper is basically saying is that there there's a much that is there's so much randomness in what you're what you're doing. Be that in any sport, yeah. And I'm moving this to to football. It's so much so in football. There are so many variables, so yes. many things that can change and happen. Yeah. That. The the yeah. outcomes of this was that there's there's a much stronger belief in momentum than there is evidence of it in the in the data of anything. Yeah, but that that's like science can't explain why bumblebees fly. So I can't I can't I I, can't, I don't buy that. There, there's you're you're essentially momentum and form. Players with the right mental attitude when when you when you've got form when you have momentum because that's what we're talking about, isn't it? Form. Momentum is form. It has to be. Uh, it's belief. It's a winning. So. It creates a self belief. But, but within the within the <coughs> microcosm of one game, yeah, but yeah, form exactly. does go out the window right, because right. There's, so, a, there's all these things change. If you're flipping a coin and you have two outcomes, heads or tails, if you each time you've got a fifty percent chance, it doesn't matter how many times you've hit tails. You could hit tails a hundred times on a route mm. on on the bounce. You're no more or less likely to hit tails again on the hundred and first spin. Yeah. So in that instance, it is, but that that's an inanimate object, right? And, that, and I understand the, the idea of, of, of that, and, and, I, and I believe it. But there's form strikers, and strikers that have momentum and, and self belief. That's what it creates a self belief. So the hot hand, hmm. I don't agree or believe that they that that you, you have players that are on are on fire. That you don't have players that are on fire. That they aren't. That their ability to score a goal isn't completely dictated, or isn't partly dictated by their mood. Yeah, based on what's happened before. But what I'm saying to you is that when you so 
QPR, we won the playoffs yeah. and we were in really, really bad form. Awful form. Yes. And actually the year, I've lost the playoffs as well. And that year, we were in the best form I've ever seen QPR in. Yeah. And we lost. Yeah. And so, and football, out of all the sort of one versus one, team against team, person against person, sports. Yeah. Football has the lowest percentage of the favourite winning that game. So it's not it's not the toss of a coin. It's not fifty percent. Yeah. But it might just be sixty three percent to thirty seven percent. Yeah. And that is still a lot higher. And 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 then the amount of variables that allows it to be that means that momentum is can't be taken too seriously. Can't be taken. However, what I would say is that going back to the four psychological C's of optimal performance. Yes. Right, Control. So these four are control, which is the ability to restrain oneself, especially in difficult situations. And this is very serious for us, by the way. Uh, concentration, the actual power of uh, you know what concentration means. Fuck. Uh, commitment and confidence. So control, concentration, commitment, and confidence. Right. Yes. What? What? Uh, what I find interesting about this part of the season now, and what I think so, me and Adam were talking about this earlier. More important than momentum, mm. I believe, is the need the need to win, but the ability to control that need to win. 100%. So, so when someone actually has won the league, when they've, they've won it, you'll see a drop-off in form. Mm. You see it over and over again. Um, because that need to win, it heightens and it, and it really uh, focuses the concentration, the commitment to something. Yeah. And... It gets rid of confidence to a point because it's not about you become task uh, orientated. Yeah. You're just going. We need to get this done. Yeah. But what can ruin it and could ruin it for Spurs against Man United yeah. is you'll have all of those because you'll be up for this huge game. But if you can't retain your control, yeah. you will be over aroused. Yes. And then you won't be playing at your optimum level. Okay. So I get it. With that all in. In, in mind yeah. and the amount of variables that could happen yeah. the point I'm trying to make yeah. is anything can happen in these playoffs yeah I, 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 I think I would not be surprised whatsoever if Huddersfield go on and win the playoffs I wouldn't be surprised ever because as you say you've seen it before in sport and, and all of this makes makes sense I think if you like one of those four C's the most important one would be commitment and a promise and f- which is a promise a firm decision to do something and a manager using the right scenario and the right timing and the right motivational uh, tactic can transform the, 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 the emotion in the squad and the will and the commitment to do something. Mm. So, like, you saw Huddersfield might be going and say, look, we've worked our asses off for this. We're here now. They're beating us before. Let's not make it a third time. Whatever it is they might say. Yeah. And that might give them enough of that one C to get them over the line. Exactly. So, it's fascinating. That said... Um, it's all a bit bollocks, isn't it? Because <laughs> momentum is a form, and form is real. I, I agree with that. And so we've got two, uh, if you scroll down a little bit, Flav, you can see that we've got the last six matches and the last uh, ten matches. And that's what I was saying earlier about, so Fulham are playing uh, Reading. And I've gone with Fulham in this, right? Yeah. And I think I might, I may have made a mistake here. Right. Because Fulham, I believe, from seeing them twice this year, uh, seeing them on uh, telly a bit as well, they look like the best team that that we've played by a long way. Adam, they, what did you think? You saw them recently. Yeah. You're impressed by them, yeah? Yeah. I think I've got 
you think that I've kind of I've said for a little while I kind of feel like they're going to go up as well I think they but and they're top of the table in terms of the last six matches yeah but Reading if you're kind of forgetting momentum you're concentrating on longevity of form yep in the last ten games they've they've done better yeah and they've also got the anomaly result of the 7-1 drubbing to Norwich which no one understands at all yeah absolutely yeah so although I've gone with Fulham yep I might have made a mistake there because Reading have also finished third in the league this year. Um, yeah, I, I, I think. What, what did I go for? For uh, I'm looking at the wrong one here, but F- Fulham. It says Reading. You've gone for Reading. No, you haven't. You've gone for you've hedged your bet. You've gone for a Fulham home win or a draw, which I think is a quite a good shout actually. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, Nothing. Got nothing. Got nothing. <laughs> I think that I think whoever wins, uh, whoever wins out of those two, the Fulham or the Reading one, I feel like will go on and win the whole thing. Basing because, and I'm, maybe I feel like I'm rambling a little bit here. Yeah. But what I want to kind of get across is that I'm sort of diving into how do you kind of predict these things, and there are so many different things, which is what makes football great. You can actually have a hunch, you can have a gut feeling, you can go on the stats, mm. and that's what's that's what's interesting about the um, the app as well is that you kind of everyone can have their own different philosophy on how they were going to want to do it yeah. at the end of the day it's 11 against 11 and shit can happen unless and you're taking into account form and in this instance obviously Reading <laughs> Reading and uh, Fulham are both on fire aren't they so it's, a fun, it's, it's almost a shame they don't get to meet in the final but like you say the, the the interesting part of all of this is that how much does all of the, the form going into because it's like, it's like this the, the third versus seventh right and you, you kind of think oh I want to avoid the Geezer's in third, third and so you don't want to finish seventh but there's like this sweet spot of fifth isn't there or oh you something? mean si- you mean third and six there's only six, six sorry sorry third yeah, and six yeah. yeah so there's like a sweet spot in qualifying for the play or perceived sweet yeah, spot it's is like the four, fifth, yeah, or fifth fourth, or fourth yeah fourth because you get the home leg at, at your place and, the, and if you finish third like Fulham they could get, they could get complacent so. yeah well yeah Reading finished third but right, I right. think anyway but so let's get your predictions <laughs> like give me your predictions for the whole thing of these semi-finals uh, I would say who's going to win it the semi-finals who's going to win the final uh, call it now I, my, my gut feeling is Fulham are going, uh, going up as well but I really I really want Huddersfield I, I really want Huddersfield but I, I, uh, I, yeah, as I say I've Sheffield Wednesday to go through and I've hedged on Fulham and, and Reading so mm. but Fulham I would love to see Huddersfield go the whole way Could and to beat that? Fulham in the final because then he would have to Believe, <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's written it off completely. Hasn't he is he? completely written off. I actually got a feeling that I think Huddersfield will get to the final. But I think Fulham will beat them in the final. How much do you, when you approach a football match, difficult period, uh, do you do you self-preserve? Do you do you go into every game QPR game confident? No, no. So, I think I'm really realistic with it. Actually, right. I think like I remember we we playing QPR playing Everton um, the year we went down and. Um, I, I said to my mate Craig when we were watching, I was like, I know what's going to happen. We're going to we'll battle for 20 minutes, they'll get one goal, heads will go down, we'll lose 3 1. Yeah. And it was exactly, it was bang on. <laughs> and then it wasn't, that wasn't me trying to like. Yeah. And the thing is, well, you, you wake up one day and you feel great and you think, yeah, we can do this. Yeah. I, I, I had the and same for a long time. I'm, I kind of was always just completely pessimistic. Mm. You know, it's fine, it's Spurs, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna fuck it up. It's fine, but but recently they've all they've put me in a really uncomfortable position of actually 
being positive and feeling good about the football club, mm. which is ultimately going to end up in, in disaster, isn't it? It's, it's, it's going to hurt me at some point. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I think that's. I think it's a great life lesson that football fans have to deal with. Is is that hurt yeah. and that that bit of embarrassment and the humiliation? Yeah, we've chatted about humiliation points before. I think generally that builds quite good character in people. I think. Um, I think I've had my I've, I've 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 had enough good out of this positive spell in terms of finishing above Arsenal mm. that you know when, when the bad times do return and they will and they will <laughs> um, you know I, I'm you kind of I, I can hold on to these happy moments uh, in terms of the need to win yeah Hull and Swansea down the bottom there um, this is why I've gone for a um, a Hull victory against Crystal Palace yeah because despite getting six points away from home the entire season the worst in the Premier League they need that win and I think they've got the quality they've got enough quality to not lose control and, and get that win against Crystal Palace who are, won't be showing the commitment yeah the uh, Sacco <laughs> uh, is uh, injured for the last two games so I've lost him and he's been I think he plays eight, eight games for Palace so far this season as he's nominated for their player of the year really after eight games which is uh, you know incredible and obviously sad for the other Palace players yeah. I, I think um, I think Hull um, sorry uh, yeah Hull will, will, will get over the line like I said all that being said Flav um, you've gone against me you've gone Palace with a home win I have uh, Palace are fairly decent at home Hull have been horrendous away from home they've just they got beat bad. as well um they're going to need versus need well this is it it's like Palace are, they're up aren't they they're, they're not yeah, going they're down fine. they're definitely not so you know they it's, oh God, it's it's a tough one I've gone for Palace I've gone for Palace and I'm sticking with it because they are good. they've been good at home as well they've just gone for a little bit of a difficult period you know the last couple of games have struggled but and, and actually they're missing Sacco I'm not 100% confident on this I probably should have hedged but I'm going to go for Palace and I think it'd be too difficult for Hull away from home mm. although my heart says I want Hull to, to, to stay up and I want them to get the result against Palace but I don't think they will mm. um, again to, this is something that happens as well I think when, once a team gets relegated mm. I remember Nottingham Forest did it years ago I remember Blackburn did it they, they, they got relegated and then the kind of the pressure kind of lifted and they started to win a few games yeah. Sunderland beat uh, Hull last week mm. and that was kind of that was the banker yeah. Ian McIntosh has said look everything happened <laughs> what he said even a headless chicken runs around he'll run around for hours yeah. but he's still dead yeah, so yeah. don't put don't put any <laughs> money or bets or whatever on, on Sunderland and lo but, and behold but they beat Hull and now yeah, they have Swansea this that, week that must have been an absolutely gutting gutting Defeat result well. to take if you're Hull you're just sitting there thinking Sunderland are down yeah they haven't beaten they couldn't yeah. beat well roll over yeah. roll over yeah go on <laughs> and, and they just didn't yeah. and, and that's what's so beautiful about football as well is that the, the Sunderland have absolutely zero to play for and that's actually why I've, I've gone for Borough as well in their game yeah I have. I've gone, you for, have yeah. I've gone for Borough. Uh, as an upset, yeah. As uh, an upset to beat Southampton. Southampton have nothing to play for, but Borough have dignity. <laughs> and, and they owe their fans a little bit after being the most boring t- team on earth, apart from when Triori gets the ball, which is fascinating, but ultimately not very productive. Borough have like, discreetly got relegated, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like no mid-table for ages, yeah. and then they kind of just went on a bad run. You go, oh, 
And from knowing that, oh, yeah, they go down this week. <laughs> they're gone. Chelsea, they're gone. They're Done. gone. Finished. Yeah. Um, so I, I think they owe their fans something, and Southampton have got zero to play for. Yeah. Yes, so uh, that's one of my upsets as well fair enough uh, right let's talk about uh, something that's got nothing to do with this weekend's uh, action mm-hmm. the influence of agents oh yeah because this is to do with the it's gonna, this story's kind of been wrong even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks Italian leather jackets and so much more and the best part about Quince they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe ethical and responsible manufacturing elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda-approved weight loss medications like wagovi and zep pound for those who qualify Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Coming on the last few days, uh, so FIFA want to investigate, or are investigating the the Pogba transfer, because it looks like Mini Rayola, who's his agent, um, has... has taken home £41 million from from this transfer. Yeah. And... This is also at the same time uh, Andy Holt, who is the Actions and Stanley chairman. He kind of saw this this happening, and uh, he said he said basically that the Premier League are, are taking the piss with this. That there needs to be it needs to be regulated. Agents need to be regulated. And one one sorry, sentence just, in particular. Sorry, go. On. Yeah. What? So you got to explain a little bit more. So he just he said they're taking the piss in what respect? He was just saying that the Premier League is treats uh, the football league clubs like like a sort of peasant begging for scraps and they give you a couple of couple of quid they get given like, players. so the Premier League has to pay the EFL um, a decent well a certain amount of money mm. Ackerton Stanley make about Adam tell me if I'm wrong on this one about 340k a year they get given from the Premier League and they wouldn't be able to exist without that right However, the problem you've the problem you've got here is that the Premier League is its kind of it's, it's its own company and entity, yet it's still within this structure of the Football League. Yeah. So they're two different things, mm. and but because this is at the top, and it is its own thing, it's kind of giving a few scraps to the other teams. But what it's doing is it's just creating a bigger and bigger and bigger gulf between the football the rest of the football period, pyramid and the Premier League, and add to that. This whole story about agents and the amount of money that they're making. So, two hundred twenty million pounds Premier League, from Premier League clubs went to agents. And two years ago, uh, I think FIFA deregulated 
the the whole thing. So agent, anyone can be an agent and they can do their deals. Well, they're not even called agents; they're called intermediaries. In, intermediaries, right? Intermediaries. Intermediaries. That's not in the comments. Uh, um, in, and intermediaries. Uh, anyway, the. Um, so I mean, this is a lot. You've just said a lot. I'm not so, sure where to, where to start. But well, what? So what, here's, here's, what, here's where I kind of want to start because I think this. Is, so two two sentences, right? So Jonathan Barnett, who's uh, the agent of Gareth Bale. Yes. Uh, he he made it, he said this. He said, "I'm not employed to be in the game of football. I'm employed to care about my player." Yes. Right. So so from, go on. We start. From we start his, with that. Yeah. From that perspective, he's 100 percent right. His job isn't to. to to safeguard the integrity of the competition in in England or anywhere else, his job is to make sure that his player doesn't get shafted and gets what he deserves in the market that he exists in. Yeah, and yeah, and more if he can get it, and more if he can get it. And it's only those that don't get it or are affected by it that generally are upset by that, and that's most people. Okay, but his job, what he's there for. Mm is to get the best deal for Gareth Bale. Yeah, I agree with that completely. That has nothing to do with anything else. Uh, you know, it's nothing to do with football. It's, it's about him doing the job in the same way a lawyer defends a criminal because everyone deserves a defence. Everyone deserves someone who can look out for you in business sense because footballers aren't... I'm. Most people wouldn't know where to start with a contract from a football club. All kinds of stuff. So you need an agent to protect you, otherwise you'll be shafted. I what right. what the problem I've got, and uh, it comes from this sentence that really stuck, stuck out for me from from Andy Holt, Action Stanley's chairman. Mm. He's saying, "You're saying football. It's not about community anymore. It's about money." And yeah. So what? Without the regulation and without, I know there's a lot, over the years there's been a lot of talk about a salary cap for players, but what the growing influence that you're seeing from agents means you've got. Money, money going out of the game. Firstly, so that's two hundred and twenty million quid. That's going out of the game. It's not going back into it. That's not going to a player who's inspiring the next generation of players. Yeah, that's not going to Jack Collison, who's then going to start his own little academy, soccer school academy, and get people doing grassroots. It's not going to the FA, so they can put it in grassroots, so that we can win a World Cup, yeah. which creates national pride. There's, you know, all these amazing. So I did, I did sport development at university, so I strongly believe the power of sport. Yeah. And all this money going out of it, yeah. that's lives that could have been changed with that money, right? Yeah. And the second point I've got with this is that you've, the infl- you're, these agents have so mu- are going to have more and more and more influence on where players go and what happens to the game. I think they already do. Yeah, I agree. And what, I think you see that in this in Rayola deal, yeah. uh, the fact that he's making that much money. And you've, if people with influence don't have the best interests of whatever company it is, whatever association it is, whatever. Yeah. If they're employed to not employed to be in the game of football, employed to care about my player. Yeah. Then we're in the game of football is screwed. Well, it was. It was screwed in that respect. In terms of the community aspect, it was screwed when the Premier League was formed and the and Sky Sports became such a powerful. Um, have such a powerful role in British football mm. uh, what you've got is an independent tab- uh, company in the Premier League that run, runs that league and then who aren't really going to be interested in competition they just want the most money the most powerful league and earn X, Y and Z mm. uh, then you've got inside that league structure top tier league you've got 
teams who also don't care about the community but care about their own agenda. So essentially you've got 21 companies at the top of this football pyramid who don't give a shit about any anybody else. And as a as a football club in a capitalist society, they're doing the right thing for them. Why should they give a shit about Accrington Stanley? I do, as a football fan, I appreciate that smaller clubs are struggling. I but, get that point but Daniel of... Levy doesn't give a shit. No, I know, but I, I get that point of view, but... For example, like a, say like that, the Premier League, they're the cool kids, right? They're, in this school year, they're the cool kids. Mm. So because because they're the cool kids, do they get all the money and all the prestige and all the like? They get all the advantages, and you forget about the rest of the year. I think um, I, I think that's too simplistic way of looking. They, they're the cool kids because they've been able they're to cool put kid, that cool the, the the least cool of the cool kids <laughs> gets gets told to go back with the with the uncool kids, right? And so they're all going to be ruthless amongst each other. Yeah. And but the the thing that is most what, important what, in all it should be the the game and making the game great. Think of it all right. Think of it like that. Right so now. I think we're in a huge mess here. Yeah, but but this is like you think it's like the same thing in society with the welfare state, right? You've got lots of rich people that pay a lot in tax that helps prop up the welfare state that probably don't really want want that paid, and then at the other end you've got the recipients of welfare who want more. Who want more? It isn't enough to live on the dole. They need more money to get on their feet and crack on, so that they can get up into a position where they can have a job, become middle class, and then contribute back to the system. Right. Mm. So Akers and Stanley essentially on a welfare payout from the Premier League. Yeah. The Premier League is like saying, "All right, we have to give you this because we've got to maintain the integrity of the sport because it's part of the rules. We can't create a monopoly, a monopoly where the top twenty teams will be the only ones that are relevant anchor and earn money. Although things like the financial fair play, EEEP um, uh, schemes, are, will all are all moving away from the smaller clubs getting what they deserve. So essentially, you've got this system where the small clubs are placated because they they need that three hundred nineteen thousand. Otherwise, they go out of business. But it isn't really enough for them to build on. And, and move on so I understand I understand these frustrations and I understand that it's good when you get someone who's kind of militant and comes out and talks about it because you can get some movement towards it becoming a, a fairer system but ultimately the Premier League is a, is a I actually don't think it's a company I think it's a social enterprise but the football clubs are very much profit making bottom line sharehold shareholder answering um, but that distance is only going to get bigger and bigger, and so they're only going to get further away, and that ends in this. It ends in this Super League, doesn't it? Yeah, maybe that's the end. Maybe. That's, that's how it ends. I don't know. I mean, but even if it does, right? Even if it does, then let them go. Let them go, and you have your own competition because it will still mean as much to the fans going through the turnstiles as it would if the top twenty clubs in England were playing in a part of the competition. You know, you see the amount of fans that are actually kind of moving away from. Yeah. Big, big names and, 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 and following their local clubs ultimately football is a beautiful game it's the beautiful game right? and it's still the game whether or not the Premier League are a part of it or not whether Celtic and Rangers are a part of Scotland Fuck, um, when Aberdeen play Hibs they're still going to hate each other and they're still going to be firing that game whether Rangers and Celtic are a part of that league at all there's a misconception that you need all the money you need all these big clubs to, 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 to make sure that the um, the competition is viable what they're actually saying is that to make sure the commercial aspect of the business is viable but fans ultimately don't care about that you're made to believe it's important that you've got Gareth Bale playing for your football club Ronaldo playing for your football club mm-hmm. whoever it's not important it's not important because you'll feel as passionately about mediocre players who are filling their shirt with pride getting paid half the money 
uh, but one of the, the cornerstone of of the cornerstone of the life lessons of sport is fairness right and a, and an equal playing field mm. and that's what that's what I see getting worse and worse and worse with with English football is that the playing fields it's just get and QPR have benefited from it to a point they've good they get those massive parachute payments which gives you that chance to kind of but the only reason you needed those parachute payments in the first place is because it's not evenly distributed at the start of it I mean I yeah I kind of agree with you and I I do but we've always had dominant teams you always had the same teams at the top of the league more in, the, or less. in the 70s each year I think I'm right in saying this I might be wrong I might be wrong I swear in the 70s there was like there was so many like Derby won the league Forest won the league Everton. Liverpool won the league you know Everton all the, yeah Everton won the league um, so yeah, you're, and that's you're a right, beautiful but, time but, you, imagine like a, you know, but, imagine QPR could go up and then win the league it is a beautiful time but in the 37 years prior to that there's always been a kind of a dominant dominant side there's Liverpool Man United you had Chelsea Man City Arsenal and uh, I've missed someone I feel but you know the, you're it's the nature of things. You're, you're, it's always going to be about what. Even when Spurs won the cup, uh, the league in 1961, it was about how much money we've spent on our team. Mm. We had a brilliant side, but we spent a fortune. True. So um, I don't know. I, I can understand why uh, the Action Standard guy is um, is angry, and, and the Premier League. It would be a good thing for them to do it. Is there any real obligation when they held all the power? Probably not. Mm. Well, and, and getting back to the ages, there. That needs to be regulated for me because I don't, at least the money would, you know, the money that these Premier League teams are, are getting is huge, but at least that's still in football. For like, money to go out of football, it's a shame. That feels crying feels shame. really wrong. Yeah, me. absolutely. I think in in that respect, as we were speaking to Jim Irwin, who's a the, was a former football agent upstairs, and he said that what would have happened with Pogba is that there would have been a number of football clubs involved. Uh, the, the the agent would have likely said, "This is my fee." which one of you are, are happy to meet it he used that to influence to help him influence mm. Pogba's uh, decision and if that is true then that's that's a shame because it isn't about loyalty it's not about it's not even about the amount of money that, that in wages that you pay to a player it's, it, or, or the ambition of a football club it's essentially the, the agent's whim yeah, or the not or the agents will where where it's they end too up. Much, there's too much ability then, to but, manipulate. But it then where else is Pogba? Pogba was always going to end up at one of the top clubs, and all of those clubs are going to serve him well. I mean, I actually, probably made the the biggest mistake by joining United because he hasn't had the greatest season. He probably could have joined any of the other big football clubs in in Europe and, and had a better season. I'd have no problem with that. The problem I have is the is the forty one million quid that he's made out of that. That seems too much. <laughs> that looks like a little a lot. bit too much. That it has to lot. be some kind of. Yeah, you should be a regular. But currently, FIFA just advise that you shouldn't. The agents shouldn't get a fee from transfers. You're not supposed to. This is the FIFA said. We advise you don't. Okay. But as we know, and hopefully it's getting better. FIFA is one of the most corrupt governments, uh, corrupt organisations. It is the most corrupt. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 riddled with corruption, and, and that's come to the fore now. And um, when the fish stinks, it stinks from the head, James. I love that one. Yeah, true. What, what sort of example? Does the head still stink, though? Yeah, it all stinks. Infantino. The whole fish is, all stinks. It all stinks. Yeah, it just, just reeks. Pongs, right? Reeks of shit. Four off game of the week. Man City versus West Brom. All right, let's move on to Soldiers Lost in Battle. 
so still to come two for the weekend three for the weekend we've got questions to answer um, uh, but first soldiers lost in battle let's get some volume on this let's get some volume on it um, I, I, I thought the music was a bit low last week it wasn't emotive enough for me right okay um, Flav as I get the music ready would you like yeah. to okay alright again as uh, as we explained if uh, if, you, if, if for some reason you haven't been able to go to the football then uh, you let us don't worry James you can get through this there's ter- some, some terrible reason why you couldn't come to the football uh, then let us know and thank you for your bravery Patrick Dempsey planning on going to Stockholm for the Europa League final if United get through college t- exam timetable came out last week and the last exam is on the same fucking day as the final at half fucking three mate, mate. my life's a mess Sorry to hear that, mate. Harry Robinson. I was forced to miss a certain Norwich versus Liverpool fixture because somebody needed help with the shopping. It's only Norwich, I thought to myself, as I missed one of the highest scoring games of my lifetime as a Liverpool fan. That's tough. That is tough. Ryan W. Cockrell When I was nine I missed the penalties of the Istanbul Champions League final My dad sent me to bed during extra time because I was too anxious and emotional Although I experienced the comeback I'll never know what it felt like to win I mean, your dad has got some (laughs) questions to answer there That is heartbreaking Hashtag soldiers lost in battle And finally Blake Newton I don't know what this game is, but I had to miss the game last week due to falling over and cracking my head open the night before. Alcohol will lead to things like that. Mm. That's it for this week's... I mean, all of them uh, were pretty tough apart from the last one, which seems a legitimate reason to to not miss a game. I think you might have missed the point somewhere. Your health has got to come first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you don't put your health first, then... uh, you come you come second <laughs> nice generally really good uh, so <laughs> <laughs> that was it we've uh, yeah let us know uh, let us know your your difficult moments uh, you know the, 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 the games that you've had to miss the games that your friends have had to miss if you've got some messages of support for them mm. or if in any footballing um, world or sphere or yeah. situation when something really difficult and sad has happened when I was a kid England were playing Holland I think in a World Cup qualifier or could have been European Championship qualifier 994 993 was it that and John Barnes scored a free kick in the first minute or two right. my dad had sent me to bed he was sending me to bed and he was like go on past your bedtime you get upstairs and I would have been 13 14 which you know, this was like eight o'clock in the afternoon, in the evening. So I think my dad was being pretty harsh there. In any case, but John Barnes scored that free kick, and he said he looked at me and went, "Come on, sit down." And I tell you what, I never felt better in all my life. It was amazing. Um, I've got this game. It was on my birthday. Well, before I was born. No, I was born. Nine ninety three. Yeah. Two um, two. It was. Yeah, it was two two. John Barnes free kick. Mm. One minute. Yeah. I don't think we qualified. No, we didn't. No. Which yeah, is which kind of sad. Yeah. Which is uh, was sad. But what's, what is the 
Do you want for next week, actually, Flav? Yeah. You have a think. What's the saddest, what's the saddest, most unfortunate thing you've experienced in, in football? Inside of football? A sort of a story, yeah. Well, if you want a joke, I haven't got that, but okay. I've, if you've got a... Uh, well, you can do a serious one. If you do a serious one, if you want. Uh, I yeah. nearly watched... Uh, well, we could leave it. Yeah, okay, let's leave it. Let's leave it. Um, well, the worst, yeah, the saddest thing that I think that I've seen, I've witnessed, was um, my mate got drafted in to play football, really hungover, and it was his birthday that day. Dra- drafted in to play football where? Sunday League. All right. And um, he was playing in like, I think playing like right wing or something. Yeah. And the goalie kicked it out. And uh, and then two people went to head it and it went up, and then he kind of got near it and just went to like just whack it long, but he got a bit confused and just volleyed it from forty five yards back into his own goal. <laughs> <laughs> he was there. He was, yeah, it was his birthday. He's got a thirty five year old thirty five yard volleyed <laughs> own goal, own goal into right. his own net on his birthday. That is bad. Um, I had a mate uh, called Danny Hazel. Uh, he's not dead. Um, <laughs> I have a mate called Danny Hazel. All right. And uh, he, he went in for a challenge. Big geezer, right? Big geezer who played right back. Went in for a challenge, sat down and broke this guy's leg. Sat on his leg and broke it, right? Next season, <laughs> same team. <laughs> geezer's come back from injury. Plays him again. Goes in on him really hard. Breaks his leg again. No word of a lie. Yeah, they weren't happy. No, I bet. I mean... Well, there you go. That's an example as well. Let's know your, your saddest stories in football. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. Would you if, you... if you... Have you ever broken your leg playing football? I've been very lucky. Touch wood. Have you... I, I think my bottle might go. Because I, I look... If you break your leg? I, yeah, I, I, I played with a guy and he'd, he'd broken his leg and he was... He was so scared. Yeah. So scared afterwards. Yeah, it would. It's it's, tra- it's traumatic. And then you think about yeah. one of the most horrendous injuries. You know, like Shaw's leg break injury was terrible. Yeah. And Maybe you give that guy a break. Well, I'm thinking that. I pun intended. Ah, put myself in the eye. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, Adam, you've got you, you had an ACL injury. Yeah. Happy birthday to Adam. Oh yeah. Adam Happy birthday, birthday to Adam in the comments. Thanks. Do it now. And uh, good luck. You got, got the on the ACL injury, mm-hmm. but you had one before, didn't you? Yeah. And. Did, was you, are you aware of it when you came back and played? Yeah, 100%. It affects your confidence a lot. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. What, you're just worried about it? It's just on your mind. Yeah. Like, you, you won't go into the same situation that you snapped your ACL in last time in the same way. Mm. Yeah. So I did mine trying to shield... I was trying to stop the player shielding the ball out. Yeah. And now every time I see that on TV... Yeah, you feel like it. two players trying to stop... One's trying to shield the ball out, the other's trying to keep it in. I'm, I'm wincing. Bloody what, do you, what was you jockeying? Was you jockeying down? Or, or was you just trying he to... He was trying to shield it out, and I was trying to keep it in. Yeah. And our legs just sort of tangled, and I flew off and just... And you just... You got legged off. Do you think... Um, do you think soldier, the soldiers lost in battle the next time they go to the football? They're kind of emotionally... Well, in case they, they might, scared miss, they might miss another game, yeah, yeah, I think it's the they, same thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think they thing. watch they watch football religiously in case they miss anything. They miss a game, yeah. Yeah, I mean that one about his his dad sending him to bed. But <laughs> you can imagine how emotional was he? Let us know actually again in the comments. How emotional were you being? Like how how were you completely losing your shit and doing your dad's head and you just thought you know what? So Ryan W Cockrell. Yeah, th- this nice. kid's got to go. Or was it that your dad was? I don't know. I mean, you asked him to explain himself. Maybe he was in a difficult state and he just wanted to be free at yeah, the moment and so you, the way of being free in that moment is to send you to bed 
so he can just be there with the television yeah and the penalty shootout yeah tough yeah but it's parenting that's parenting I mean sometimes yeah two for the weekend time so uh, if you don't follow the Long Ball Street um, at Long Ball Street on Twitter do it now oh yeah do that because people don't do that yeah we've only got 400 followers on there and we haven't pushed it properly and mm. it feels like it needs more so now is the moment yeah uh, follow uh, follow us at Long Ball Street yeah and get your questions in for Long Ball Street um, yeah. for this one as well and yeah just come have a chat have a chat with us mm. um, so right three questions normally do two for the weekend we're doing three for the weekend this week yes right firstly Robbie Savage has come out and said that Wayne Rooney is the most underappreciated player in England the, the football standard at footy standard ask is Wayne Rooney the most underappreciated player in England I can understand completely where I mean yeah he is he, he's, he's, he's out of order he scored so many goals for for um, for England so many goals for Man United he's the record goal scorer for Man United and seemingly from the Man United fans they hate his guts yeah right and England no one really likes him much. A press kit on his back. He played for some of the worst. He played for some really abject England teams where all of our hopes were, were, played, were placed on him. And it, it was that typical England way of English press and English people way of approaching a young starlet is at sixteen. Let's break him before. Let's let's, let's load him up with so much pressure. And, and so that he breaks mm. before he's even began to fulfil his potential and then when he's potentially in a situation where he could start to kind of kick on let's replace him with the next 16 year old who isn't ready yet you know what I mean it's, we don't deserve these players we don't deserve Wayne Rooney uh, do you think if he um, if he was media trained uh, and looked like David Beckham if he was David Beckham but with Wayne Rooney's career yeah. do you think he'd get the stick that he gets I think he's, he's and that's a really shallow way of looking at it but I, I, I think yeah. sometimes people are that yeah. shallow yeah yeah J- Jamie Redknapp said an amazing thing and he doesn't often but he, he <laughs> did say something he goes if, if, if Christian Eriksen if Christian Eriksen had a mental haircut and was tattooed up all over his face and body he'd be worth 20 million pounds more than he is currently but because he's unassuming it kind of goes under the radar somewhat Beckham's look um, and, and to the way he played football as well it was easy to you know he didn't he's, he, he had such grace and finesse and struck the ball in a way that I haven't seen any other footballer do really but he had limitations in his game and he made up for them by, by hard work mm. Wayne Rooney though is, 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 is a level of um, it's the, the media training the, the unwillingness to conform and ultimately that he, he called all England fans idiots or, or, or dug him out for booing. Yeah. Well, she, he showed a lack of understanding of how much money it cost. But that was, that was from a, a good place that he was pissed off that he, you know, that it wasn't going his way because he wanted it to. So right. all the all the yeah, all the intentions were right. Yeah, of course. You know but you're, I mean? you're, yeah, but your your role your role your footballer's role is to take that abuse. Mm. It, 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 it's not abuse actually. It's criticism. Booing isn't abuse. It's it's a reflection of of how you feel your team performed, and if that's the way lots and lots of people choose to collectively express their frustration then so be it but he was silly to say that um, because it, it puts you off it, it puts you in a bad position yeah. but uh, for Man United it's a different kettle of fish because he, he's done a magnificent job for them he's, I think th- he's, he's only 31 guys as well like people think yeah. that he's like he's so past it no, like, I know, I know people have a shelf life yeah. but I don't I, I don't think I don't believe I don't buy the fact that he's still not a quality player 
No, I think he's a quality player. I look forward. I really hope he leaves because I think he deserves better. I, I hope he leaves. I hope he doesn't go to China. I hope he doesn't go to America. I hope he actually um, sticks around in the Premier League. From a football perspective, I'll be, I'll be interested in, 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 um, in, in watching and see how he does at, say, West Brom. Mm. That's where all of West Brom. That's where all of the uh, West Brom. Where they all go. Where, where do you think he will end, end up? Where do you think he'll go? What would the, be dreams, the dreams Everton, isn't it? Yeah, the dreams Everton. Do you think I that? Think he, I think he'd be silly for, to not want that. I, I just uh, yeah yeah that makes sense, and I think the Everton fans you know what, would I have him back. Him doing it's what player does he want to be now? Does he want to be a striker? I've always really quite liked him as a midfielder. No, People go crazy about this, but you know I was uh, I was in yeah. at the Euros and watched him against uh, Russia. And he destroyed them first half. He was, and, and I think he got taken off, and it made it. I'm not going to be wrong with that, but he, he was fantastic in that first game. I um I I agree. I think he can play in midfield. Um, I think he hasn't played as a lone striker for so long. That I think that, that's, that, that's that, really killed him a bit. That yeah, that player that we we grew up with when he burst into the scene as a 16 year, 16 year old, and from the five years after that, where he played for Man United and was tearing it up. That player disappeared when he was forced into tactical roles where, where you know either he didn't have the speed or they thought the game changed so that a number 10 became crucial and we thought well Rooney is more of a number 10 than he is a number 9 but is he I think that damaged him massively and I I, um, I do I agree with, I agree with that I do think he's the most underappreciated player I uh, yeah I, I agree I, I can't think of anyone else Robbie Savage unbelievable who do you think I don't. I mean, I don't know. Probably Chris Marsden's probably the most underappreciated. Player. Yeah, but I think he's. I think he's. I think you could give him a break. <laughs> Musa Sissoko, underappreciated. Well, no player can create chaos like him. That's all I'll say. Well, what well, well, a positive spin that was. <laughs> That's nice. Right, second of the three. Uh, which players do you think will make good managers? Um, uh, so we saw this question before I think I get Adam involved in this a little bit so he said so Craig said Craig Chelsea fan said John Terry straight away be a great manager mm. I don't think I'm passion and commitment really get you very far in the modern management yeah that reeks of the Tony Adams to me a yeah bit. 100% I, uh, I think Craig let his um, his desires and, and he's, he's much like John yeah, <laughs> positive feelings towards John Terry Cloudy's judgment. Um, yeah, it's a silly suggestion. What, yeah. what are you saying? I think Frank Lampard. Would be I think Frank Lampard would be a great shout. I think that makes sense. I still think Gary Neville would be would be a very good manager. I do. I mean, because he can just explain things so that normal people like me and you can understand. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, there's something in that. Players are are um, notoriously. Uh, I, I listened to a podcast with um, Johnny Evans. And actually with um, Darren Fletcher, two separate podcasts. And they both seem very, very intelligent and very switched on. And I actually think not being the greatest player is sometimes quite good as a manager because you you can understand... I think you can, you, you, can deal with, you can deal with players of the same level. And often as a manager, say like Ryan Giggs, I would imagine Ryan Giggs would struggle to understand a League One player's perspective on things you Absolutely. Know what I mean? and you have to kind of build your way up to be a successful manager this is one of the criticisms of Glenn Hoddle isn't it that he was mm. such a good player and he would expect so much from his his, his own players that um, there was a there was a level or a kind of lack a lack of trust from the players and a lack of trust from the manager mm. um, but then Dub- that- Dubry said when, when Hoddle was at Chelsea 
um, who said Hoddle at 742 was still clearly the best player yeah and and it's so hard when you're pinging the ball he's like Michael Dubry on, on the Long Ball Street podcast earlier in the season he said that I was he goes he goes Hod, Hod, Glenn Hoddle said he goes just just hit the ball over there and he goes like this and he just pinged it and it just landed on the toe landed on the toe of this other player and the dude's like I can't do that I'll put people up in the air yeah. i get my head on it you know that's that's my game and, it's, well, and, and, and you, you end up being terrified. Mm. So the same, in the same breath with Glenn Hoddle, you, all England players that played with him, yeah. the man management wasn't great, but they've all said as a coach, as a mind, as a football mind, he yeah. was, he's right up there. Yeah. And so he did have that higher understanding at the top level. Yeah. Maybe that's what chairman should be switched onto, is that don't be scared to go, like Man United, don't be scared to have Ryan Giggs because he could probably, he's better off working with players who have that... That high top elite level mindset and understanding of what to do and how to do it, rather than him going to a Swansea. Well, Harry, Harry because he's got said, to make his way up. Harry Redknapp always used to say there was loads of really good managers in the lower leagues. John Steele, he, he, he talked about Dagenham mm. Redbridge Barnet, and he said he said if you give them the players that I've had to work with, you'll see them perform. You'll see them, but because they're it's a risk from a Premier League club's perspective to mm. employ. Managers of the lower leagues because they haven't had the egos and all the other things. But in terms of tactical acumen, mm. it's probably even in, even in the Premier League. I think that's that's why Tony Tony Pulis knows how to get the best out of mediocre Premier League players. Yeah, and and therefore he's very successful. But probably for the same thing, that's well, that's what holds him back and stops him from being a manager of one of the best clubs because it doesn't make sense. How can you play football as well as those guys? If you haven't got the players that are as good as those guys, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I guess, I guess it's ultimately the players. Like again, I, I, I also loathe to talk about Tottenham because I know I bring it back to Tottenham all the time. But it's just the Pochettino is a good example because one of these key things, apart from getting results, is actually turning average footballers into very good ones. He did it at Southampton. Mm. Uh, he's done it again at Tottenham. So uh, it, it's and it helps the fact that he isn't English. I think I think there was that. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to the question. To no, which you know, this is another one for the comments. I think it'd be interesting to know what people think. I generally think I like centre backs as managers. <laughs> I think they see the whole game. I think yeah. you can get a great understanding. So a, a cult, like, like Pochettino, a cultured centre back who you can yeah, he gets that understanding of what the mechanics of a whole team have got to do. Mm. I think that's quite good. So you never know. Maybe John Terry has got that, and he's obviously worked for some great managers. So maybe mm. he has got it. Um, but yeah I think Lampard's a good shout out as well and, uh, last <coughs> one um, oh yes quickly Adam's, Adam was saying that he um, God, I was going to not do it but God, he was saying um, John Terry's been linked with Brentford and he was saying I, I like ask me today I really hate John Terry but make him a Brentford player I'll tell you I'll have a bit of that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's well I mean, keen he's on so it so get on board with John Terry well, Hardy Dean John Terry that would that would be a that would be a powerful centre back pairing. That would. So, is there a player that you you'd hate it, but you kind of deep down you'd love it? Yeah, a player you hate, but if you played for your club, yeah, you'd, you'd be it. buzzing. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of obvious ones like Ronaldo. Um, That's a good shout. Uh, I'm, there are some, but I don't want to say. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't. I, I just don't want to say. I mean, there, there's there, in, in, the, the Tottenham fan in me. The Tottenham man, the fan in me says. Never a single gooner will ever play at my football club, even though Ryan Ricketts. A, a few have Ryan Ricketts, uh, Ali Bayor, Galas, Bentley. You know, we, there's precedence been set. But I do look at Sanchez and I think, 
yeah. he'd win us the league. Yeah. I mean, there's no chance he'd come and there's no chance Tottenham would go after him, but he would win us the league. Yeah, true. Uh, so, I mean... I think John Terry is the one for, for me. Like, you know, he is resoundingly hated at QPR. But... And I've said this before. The way, like, I've never heard boos like I did when he came back after the whole Tom Ferdinand thing. Everyone boo, just boo you, great big boo. There's a boo for you. <laughs> um, but o- the way it. that he walks through that game, yeah, I, you could not. He was. You couldn't not respect that. John Terry was absolutely mustered, the very best defender for large parts of his career in in the Premier League in my. In my opinion, okay. And last know. one, uh, do you so Jamie Kent at Jamie Lee Kent? Do you support follow? Sorry, support slash follow slash have a soft spot for another club? If so, who? Um, not really. I hate them all. Mm. Every club that comes to Tottenham is my enemy. Cool. Um, I I I I have sympathy for some clubs. I hold. Um, I've always had an affinity for... Uh, I always liked Palace when they were in the lower leagues when I was a kid. But, um, no, by and large, you know... This, this, no, no, the answer is no, I don't. But, but um, I do like some clubs and I like some clubs, what they're about. Weird one, I've always had a begrudging respect for West Ham because in a world where there's so much foot, there's so much money there's so much you know uh, uh, kind of razzmatazz in, in Premier League football they've still got that grassroots football club feel to them you know despite all of what Sullivan and Gold and Brady mm. have, have done the in, intrinsic to West Ham is this grassroots local community based football club and you can't you can't not admire that I think but what, I guess if you're a West Ham fan what's scary about that is ask that same question in 10 years time will, you still, will they still have that feeling because yeah. of what they've done yeah I mean also, I, things and things I, don't, to do. I don't care yeah. in 10 years if they don't I don't care if they exist but I do care uh, because I know Nicky and, and, and he's a lovely but, and my point is, is that if you don't um, cherish those things then you lose and hold on to them yeah. yeah I mean that's the most important thing about West Ham mine's uh, Brecon City my mum is from Brecon. Mm-hmm. She's Scottish. Uh, they're a second division, sometimes first division uh, Scottish team. No, sorry, third and second division Scottish team. And and they often have a battle with Clyde. <laughs> like Clyde are a team that are always just a tiny bit better than Brecon. Like the, the Clyde Brecon derby? I don't think it's a derby. Oh, but anyway. Okay. But yeah, no Clyde always do a little bit better than Brecon. So I actually don't like Clyde yeah, <laughs> because enough. of that, which is odd. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah. So yeah. Brecon's, I've got a soft spot for them. Uh, do you know what Adam's favourite uh, out second QPR favourite team Bangor City Bangor City yeah yeah. he loves he's on that Twitter he's responsible for all the bangers Adam alright Bangor City his favourite team is Bangor City that's brilliant do you like that that's really good Uh, right so that's it for one for the weekend just to say three upsets and three bankers Flav his upsets this week are my upsets I made a mistake I made a mistake and I'd like to apologise to my mother and my father for bringing shame on the family name um, although my mum it doesn't matter uh, I did an upset of West Ham versus Liverpool and I also said Borough to beat Southampton yeah and you did put Spurs there as well, but I you said that was a mistake I made a mistake and your bankers Flav uh, my bankers are Man City versus Leicester Boroff who wants to talk about that uh, Arsenal versus Sunderland because Sunderland are the worst team ever to play football and Chelsea versus Watford Watford have absolutely no chance in stopping Chelsea absolute banker get on it 
Uh, we've got similar bankers. I've got the same. I've got Arsenal to win, uh, Chelsea to win, and the other banker I've gone with is Fulham. I think they're the best team in the league. Uh, upsets for me. Huddersfield are going to get that win against Sheffield Wednesday because they're going to defend resolutely. Man, uh, Leicester are going to get a draw uh, against Man City despite their awful away record. And uh, Hull are going to draw with Crystal Palace. Actually, I think my upset is that they're going to win that one. I, um, I, I just want to know, if Spurs win, do I still get the points for the upset? Sure. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'll take that. Uh, you guys can play as well. You can play in the comments on, on YouTube. Um, we're going to copy and paste it. Download the beta app, get on that. I was going to just about to say that. Was you? Yeah. Um, but the beta app is available as well, so you can play for real. Yeah. Not with real money, yeah. with fake cash. But you can, but make, make, you, you can, you can involve, your, involve your friends in it as well and join the little leagues and stuff. It's cool. Exactly. So, yeah, so that is in a link in the description. So go and check that out. You can win a trip to China. You can win a trip to China to meet Sven and Ericsson. Yeah. What? Unbelievable. What, what, what part of China? Don't I? Where the Svega and Eric's managers? Uh, I think it's Hong Kong. Is it Hong Kong? Is it Hong Kong? Who knows? There's, look, I'm sure it's on the link. Click the link. Yes. There you go. Result. You uh, go. That was one for the weekend. Subscribe to Long Ball Street and all the other bits. And we'll, we'll see you next week. It's good seeing you again, James. You too, mate. You get back to work. Mm. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.